Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. My name's Andy Mitten and I'm stood on St Applesby Way on a bridge over the Bridgewater Canal. It's two and a half hours before kick-off between Manchester United and West Ham in the FA Cup sixth round. I remember being a kid and there was a very famous FA Cup sixth round game between United and West Ham in 1985, if I'm not mistaken. And huge numbers of West Ham fans, lots of trouble. United won 4-2, if I'm not mistaken. And if I am, I'm sure loads of people will remind me. But it was um, a, a big win against a big team because West Ham had a very good side then with players like um, Frank McAvenny and um, Tony Cotty. And I think they finished third in the league that season. So it's a big game today. 9,000 away fans not really started to arrive yet. Um, they'll probably be giving United We Stand sellers a bit of abuse in the Mancunian sunshine. We've got a new issue out today and the lads are, are selling that. What do we expect today? You know what? I have not got a clue with Manchester United at the moment. And when you're optimistic, they tend to lose. When, uh, when you're pessimistic, they tend to win. Uh, I'm going to speak to several fans today, probably some journalists as well. I'm stood with Ian McCartney. Uh, Ian is a long-time Manchester United fan. He's from just over the border in Scotland. He's been coming to games since the 60s. He's a big aficionado of the Northern Soul uh, music scene, written loads of books about United. He's, he runs the United Review Collectors Club. Um, thanks for talking to us, Ian. How do you feel about the game against West Ham? Well, just like you say, you can never predict what United are going to give you these days. Um, a lot of people might think, lose today, lose to Liverpool, lose to City, and that's the end of the season. They might get a change, but we should have had a change earlier on in the season, probably around about Christmas time. You think Van Aal should have been sacked then? Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. And, and replaced by who? Oh no. You're right. How long have you got here? <laughs> um, it's a difficult one. I think... You've got to, we've made two mistakes, manager-wise. So I think to be on, maybe on the safe side, you've got to go for Mourinho, um, bring in a bit of stability. You know what you're going to get with him. Uh, you can't argue that fact. And I think for the time being, at least, you've got to go for somebody like that. Giggs, yeah, but he's not got the experience. I think Mourinho's got everything that United want. He's big enough for the club. And I think if he'd bend over backwards and maybe conform to United's requirements just to get the job You mentioned Giggs, you mentioned Mourinho those seem to be the only two um, with an overwhelming majority favouring um, Jose Mourinho, I'm surprised and I've written about this in the editorial of United We Stand how few people, how little appetite there is for Ryan Giggs to become Manchester United manager and I speak to people who know him and they say he'll be a great manager I know he wants the job, he thinks he's ready, but he's getting a lot of criticism. And there's just, I don't know whether he's better off moving away to sort of absence makes the heart grow fonder and then to come back in a position and man, manage. I love the idea of him managing Manchester United yeah, yeah, in the future, but in, in 2006, if you would have asked me, I would have said that Roy Keane looked like he could be a good manager when he was doing so well at Sunderland. He very rarely plays out as you think it would have done. And well, that's it. You, you could even go further back and say, like, some Martin O'Neill, yeah. Ericsson, people yeah. like that who were at the top of their game. And there was, a big, Steve... there was a big appetite among yeah, the United yeah. fans for. I mean, even Steve McLaren. Yeah. I mean, he's another one you could throw into the mix. I mean, with gigs. He's a sort of he has a one club man as we know. Um, he loves the club at heart, but I don't know. 
but it's the experience no. thing. So someone who, who who knows who's been part of the decision making process said to me uh, a couple of years ago he has everything except the experience. Uh, he feels that he's worked under managers he does have experience okay doesn't have 100 games under his belt no, uh, no. nor did Pep Guardiola when he took over at Barcelona but then he had a full season managing uh, the the Barca B team in, in the fourth division yeah. it's, you don't know is he ready you, no, nobody no, knows no. No. Just, I mean just perhaps Giggs would have been a better choice instead of Moyes mm. I think he would have been uh, the three men then and uh, see what he's capable of doing Maybe perhaps now it's the wrong time for Giggs, as you say. Uh, she maybe go off elsewhere and come back in two or three years' time because they say Mourinho doesn't last any longer than three or four years. Mind that you haven't people, said that, no manager does nowadays. So, yeah, perhaps Giggs should maybe drift off elsewhere, get a bit of experience, and come back. But it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? You just don't know. Uh, but I think with the situation we're in now, I think you've got to go for someone with high level experience uh, you can't let the club slide any further down than what it is at, at present sort of thing we've got a big interview with Paul Scholes in the new United We Stand and Scholes again has been in the media the last couple of days he was very honest uh, in his criticisms of Manchester United on Thursday you think he was bang on yeah. bang on the money now yeah I think, I th- I think Scholes or do you not like a club legend being so critical no, no, I mean, I think what Scholes says is right. Um, I mean, he, he would be ideal alongside Giggs. Obviously, Gary Neville, maybe with a bit more of a business bane, he might be ideal as well. He's loving living in Spain. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, um, I think Scholes is right in what he says. I mean, he's a fan at heart and he's saying what the majority of supporters think. And uh, I, th- I, I, I would think it should be a place for likes of Scholes at the club. You don't, you can't buy experience, can you? Uh, I think scores, gigs, Nicky Butts already in place. Neville will probably come back at some point. You might think so. Yeah, I mean the nucleus of a, a good backroom team is there. There's, there's an economic argument here, which I've heard what what you're saying said by other people. I think what people don't always realise is when you're a coach at Manchester United, you don't actually get paid that much money. And when you're a manager, you get 10 to 20 times more than being head of academy at United or a youth team coach. And there's all other reasons as well. I think Paul Scholes will probably always stay in Manchester because his, his, his personal circumstances would, would lead him to, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't just move his family to Valencia like, Gary, like yeah. Gary's done. Um, there's so much going on, isn't there? There's well, so many different it. strands of opinion, so much uncertainty, and because of the bad results, it, it, it's all magnified. There's, we're stood by the side of the canal now, there's, there's people out drinking, you're still seeing the same faces going into Old Trafford, through thick and thin, they're still going uh, to, to the matches. West Ham today, finally in. Um, what do you think? Um, a difficult one, a difficult one. I could see it maybe going to a replay, but... Under the current, current circumstances, I, I would have to say I think West Ham might just edge it by the odd goal. I know some people who actually like the idea of a replay so they can get an away game in London with thousands of, of supporters. Will you be buying a match programme today and just tell us a little bit about the United Review Collectors um, Club, how long you've done it for? I, it's been running since 1982. I've yeah. been doing it since 1990. Yeah. Uh, 
basically I produced a 20 page newsletter like every two months it covers everything on United Collectibles from programmes to menus from tickets to books you name it I'll cover it um, buy a programme uh, I, let's just say yeah I'll get a, pro- I, I get a programme um, it's they're not programmes nowadays they're magazines I, I know a lot of people in the collector club don't actually buy programmes they tend just to go for the, the older stuff to complete their collections. What uh, what, what is the, the holy grail of a programme collector? <sighs> a, a United one. Has it always been the... Um, Red Star the Away. Red Star Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah I suppose, I suppose um, from games played, it is. But then you could go for the Wolverhampton postponed. That was postponed the Saturday uh, just after the Munich Air disaster. I suppose that, if you want to throw it in the mix, the 1909 Cup final, which is worth... 23 grand or whatever 23 grand yeah how much is the Red Star Away programme worth it's quite steady it's around between 1500 to 2000 and you can get them if I had 2 grand now I could buy one yeah yeah if you do, they do turn up quite regularly at auctions yeah, yeah. and the price has never varied too much over the year I mean you'd probably pay more for maybe one or two friendlies even pre-war ones you'd pay more for but right. I mean the, the rules you'd be hitting well above their two grand hitting up around about six, seven my uncle Charlie gave me a programme from a, a game he played in against Linfield in the late 1940s for United and um, I was told it was worth a fortune I'm never going to sell it because it was given to me as a present by, by my uncle uh, I can't find it <laughs> oh, I don't know where it is anyway thanks for your time Ian I'm going to carry on recording yeah. and walk up to no speak to some other people but Steve Armstrong who many of you will be familiar with from the United We Stand podcast afternoon Steve hey mate how are you uh, how are you <laughs> I, uh, well, it's I'm dry, yeah, and I'm warm, which is rare for the season, and I'm pissed off, which isn't rare for the season because of the spineless uh, display of yeah. Manchester United outfield players at Anfield on Thursday yeah, night. I I can handle getting beat, and it's a good job because it's happened quite a lot of late. But it's just it's just the rolling over and dying element of it, and that's what that's what gets to me. Liverpool played well, but they weren't that good. They're not as well. They didn't play as well as you know they've waxed on about. But you know they deserve to win and. They're probably going to get to either tie now and get a, a euro away somewhere nice, unlike us. We've got to be up for it on Thursday. We have got to be up for it on Thursday. I tell you, it's not a popular opinion, up. but that atmosphere at the start of the games yeah, was, stunning. was absolutely brilliant. And I know everyone will try and knock it. What you're on about? They're just singing along to a tannoy. But, that's that, but, that's but they problem. carried on singing, you'll never walk alone. I spoke to Scousers, I spoke to Carragher this morning. And I, I said that point to him. He said it's not normally like that. They're, we have big problems. But that's the atmosphere is not good. Exactly. That, that's that problem. They can do it for games like that. It reminds me of when we played Celtic that time. It was deafening for about five minutes. They did that every week. Anfield would be an absolute fortress, but they don't. It took us to rock up to create it. But to be fair, though, you know, we won't get onto the other issue of chanting because we know our opinion on that one. But there was, you know, the United Manchester, Manchester during You'll Never Walk Alone was sensational. Oh, it's brilliant. You know it's I mean? w- w- funny how your brain works because programming the ground. I, I, I was in the, the main stand and even though there's 41,000 people singing You Never Walk Alone my brain just sort of honed in on Manchester Manchester and some of the chants were brilliant I wrote a piece on Friday so all my views on the New songs United about stand out today. Um, the sun was right you murderers are, are in there um, I mean, I'm never 
Oh, it's bollocks. It's bollocks. That is a justification do you, know, you know, of it. Do you know the worst thing of it? Not the worst, but it's, it's a moronic thing to say anyway, but the sun came out and said it wasn't even right. That's the stupidest thing about the whole thing. But, I mean, grow up, lads. That's the only other thing you've got to say about it. I, like, I love the other stuff. I even like get to work, you lazy twats, and stuff like that. I mean, partly, if, if you study the unemployment levels between the two cities, they're almost exactly the same. You know I mean? But that's edgy, that, that's funny. 26 um, years was funny. 26 years was brilliant. And that can and keep rolling on. We might get that. Might be able to get that banner thing out. That yeah. clicker banner for the step. I have. A, I have heard uh, talk of that. That the odometer will be being. I tell you. Anyway, no, football officially died for me today. Right? In 1985, I remember pitch battles going on up and down here. Right? with West Ham. 1985 up there it was all over the telly and everything else I've just seen a West Ham fan walk past about 10 minutes ago I was praying that you'd be here so you could get a photograph of the mag if he comes past again I'll snap him he's got a onesie on right a West Ham onesie and he's stuck a fucking Stone Island badge on the sleeve brilliant got to get a picture football's dead for me Um, I should interview you a little bit because you've been doing loads of podcasts and, and they're very popular how do you keep control in certain circumstances whereby you might be putting a microphone among a group of people who've perhaps tried some alcohol? Um, <laughs> very strong opinions. Are you enjoying doing them? Yeah, they're a good laugh. I mean, yeah. we, we said at the start of the season when we said, look, you know, let's try and get something from each game. If people want to listen to sanitised opinion about what went on on the pitch, then go and watch match of the day. What, how the, how the ten should have perhaps pushed out a little bit wide? Yeah, I think so, but, you know, that's that's why we have an editor of these things, Andy. The, uh, <laughs> I think we, we've, got a good, we've got a good symmetry now where I sit there and then tell you what to take out and at what minute it is, and then that's it. Just for live, well, everything else seems to get <laughs> yeah. No, listen, you, you can't be raw opinion, raw emotion... People who from lads who re- go to the match, from lads who go to the match, you really care. And you know, the other thing is, is every now and then, you know, someone out of the blue will come out with an absolute gem of a story about, you know, little people or about people who hire prostitutes to caddy for them on golf courses. And you know, every now and then, you just get these little stories. And this is the this is the thing about going to the match that no paper, no football program, no you know match of the day they will never ever be able to talk about because you know and listen you you know you can't go name your names but how many people in mainstream media have talked to you on the quiet and said absolutely love listening to them you know what you I mean you won't believe some of the feedback I get we stand out people who, who give me feedback uh, <laughs> alright nice to see you who, who give me feedback to the the, the, the podcast um, they can't not even allowed to really they wouldn't be allowed to, to, to say that they listen to the podcast but I get a lot of feedback take care um, yeah there's, there's some people who, who find it an, uh, an antidote to uh, the other forms of media around the games and uh, I can't name them so <laughs> but, but there's some people who just well, I got, said I got pulled by one in Denmark who just right. said look off the record can I just have a quick word and you just said I just love listening to but you know you've got to make yeah, I think the thing is, is you've got to try and get a broad spectrum with people you know we've had young people on there old people on there lads, girls we've had people on there for the first game we've had people from overseas I mean do you remember the Yank fella from Aston Villa first podcast yeah I do season? his accent was and so was distinctive yeah. but you knew his stuff and that young lady as well Lauren was it yeah the one who was yeah 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 she'll be walking with, past in a bit with the, the most one. Manchester accent ever yeah. who who would where Ashley Young is concerned um, he's been injured ever since that night I've got a feeling that uh, so I'm going to head into to the ground shortly Tony O'Neill has just walked past and we're going to get him on the podcast um, Anthony was spotted <laughs> at Anfield on, on Thursday night 
so I'll speak to Tony about make Anfield sure, on Thursday. Sure what his missus said when she spun out. What his wife out. Debbie said about him going because he wasn't supposed <laughs> to be going there. He's supposed Need to be United being a stand out today. A good boy, but if he comes past again, I'll get him. Uh, finally, Steve. Two fifty, mate. Yeah. Uh, how do you think United will do against West Ham? I'll take a draw all day long. Not just for any other reason. Is I want a replay with six thousand to visit Upton Park on a on a uh, on a week, on a weekday night. But well, nine thousand West Ham are coming today, and the coaches are starting to come past us. Uh, coach number three, the official coach is coming past us at the moment. And the type of people on there, well, that was a coach full of claret and blue shirts, smiles, um, sandwich boxes. I'd say the clientele on there are slightly different from the people on the monkey bus if you if you interview normally. I like West Ham. I like yeah, I like I the do. Way they we respect play. West Ham. I like the way they play and I think their manager's top drawer. He looks like an absolute lunatic, but he's a very, very intelligent man. He's he a, is. He's a lawyer, you know, he's an exceptionally intelligent man. People have forgot what he did with Croatia and making England look ridiculous and he's just doing superb things with West Ham and I just like the way he goes about his business so do you know what um, West Ham are nearly somewhere between three and four to one today and a really really tasty bat I think and you know it's uh, you've got to look at when you look at the two sides we're actually for the, probably the first time ever thinking outside of the gate who'd get in the West Ham team and that's pretty yeah, damning two and a half my mate well my brief today would normally uh, for every Man United game will be to focus on the Manchester United side of things and I've been told to write a piece about Dimitri Payet yeah. who's, having a, who's having a brilliant season and I hope he does absolutely nothing apart from scoring own goals so that I can write about him but no actually I've got to be ob- objective but you, you mentioned the manager I'll try and get him on the podcast uh, later on I'm going to walk towards it'd be great to get him on his own and he probably would understand uh, fan culture but to get to him when you don't know him you'd have to cut through so many layers of people who wouldn't understand it but if you actually had a beer with him he'd be a great fella you, you know, know that you can just bit, see it that, you know you think what he must have seen in his life yeah. growing up where he did and coming yeah. through the way he did you yeah. know, nothing will phase him yeah. you know he'll be able to deal with any any situation he's just not bothered by well, anything f- football doesn't matter when you've seen your mates killed yeah, exactly. in a war against the neighbours yeah absolutely or, yeah. or, or one of potentially four different neighbours because yeah. you're in the Balklands conflict there, yeah. there's no one against another there was all, all into fighting yeah. anyway there's only an hour to kick off now and I'm stood on some at Busby Way um, on the railway bridge on the just a bit down from Chester Road um, Overlander's Sea get your fanzine so you're in Overlander's Sea is a West Ham fanzine as Gary who's selling it uh, I think it's great that an away fanzine is being sold at Old Trafford Gary's Gary's done Overland and Sea for about 25 years I can 27 years I can remember him keeping an eye out on me when I was 17 years old at West Ham and I don't forget things like that Gary tell us um about today how many West Ham are coming um, about 10,000 I think there's nine officially but there's going to be about another thousand up here like scounging for tickets are you know um, what's been the reaction selling a West Ham fanzine on Warwick Road on Tomat Busby Way any any Man United fans bought a copy yep I sold yeah. a few to Man United fans and um, not a single bad word not not a not in like it was. If I'd done this 20 years ago, I'd have been called all the cockney wankers under the sun on that. But nothing today. Everything's been positive. Like you know, it's a good vibe. It's a beautiful sunny day in Manchester, as it as it always is. Yeah, what's is. gone wrong? Must <laughs> um, be a day off. You've uh, a freak weather storm. <laughs> you're having a good season. What's gone right? Ah, you see, now we're a team. Yeah. Now we're a team. Um, 
I don't know what's gone right, but we are a team now. It's the best team I've seen over there for a long time, like, you know. Players now that a lot of clubs are going to want it. And that's a bit of a worrying time. But when we move Olympic Stadium next year, which I'm dead against, however, that's another story. Um, West Ham are going two ways. They're going to either push on and they are going to be the next big club or they're going to flounder around doing what they are for the last few years. But the way we're going at the moment, I think we're going to push on. Tell me about Dimitri Payet. I normally write and Don't focus on, on, on Manchester Payet. United and I've been asked today to focus on Payet. So obviously I hope he scores an own goal and you get knocked out of the cup, but you'll probably have a slightly different view of him. What's he like? What does he do well? Has he surprised you? Well, I'll tell you what, Dimitri Payet at West Ham over the years, we've had Joe Cole, Ile Berkovic, Paolo Di Canio, and he's now in that class. Really? They're the only players that we've had in that class. We've had great players over the years, don't you? Your Devonshire's and your Brookings. But these are different players, technically so gifted, unbelievable. And he's up there with Di Canio. And everyone football-wide knows that Di Canio knew what he was about. Payet is up there with that. And Payet's got a different mentality to Di Canio. Di Canio was a fruit bat. You know, he might sit down on the halfway line for 10 minutes because he didn't want to play the game no more. That was, that was him, where Payat will keep going all game long. What does he do well? Everything. You name it, he does it. He goes past players, he runs with the ball, he flicks, he tricks, he does all, you know, all the tricks and all that. He's got long range, short range, he tackles, he scores goals, he scores free kicks. He's a player, all over player. You got a chant for him? Is there a song for him? Among the fans, he just doesn't understand, does he? So what, you, what, you don't, you don't, you don't understand. He's better than Dimitri We got Payet, Dimitri Payet. I just don't think you understand. Right, <laughs> right. super slavers, man. He's better than Zidane. I'm we got Dimitri Payet. Is that what you see? That's what we sing, mate. I'm having my pants pulled down here by a load of West Ham, aren't I? Stood outside Old Trafford. Yeah, what do you want? You mentioned uh, Decanio. He was very close to signing here. You know, the Kenya was. Yeah, yeah he was. He'd have done you ready. Yeah. He was very, Cheers, very close. Ferguson wanted him. United felt it was done. I actually he... spoke to Ferguson about the Kenya, you know. Yeah. Yeah, when I interviewed him. Um, he was talking, yeah, he was talking about him back then, back in the day. Yeah. But I know he was very, very keen on him, but he was very keen on Slava Billy too, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he liked him. He seems like a, a good manager. He seems like he's got his head together. Well, it's funny how you know how fickle football fans are yeah. and all that. We've hated him for years because of the way he, 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 he disappeared to Everton, like, you know, for the, for the pound moat. But he's come back and the fans, are, are, they adore him. Yeah. He, one, it's very rare for somebody to, be able to like, get over that hatred. Yeah, yeah. But he walked straight back in. Yeah. He was adored straight away. Yeah. He worked that one out. Yeah. And he's done brilliantly. The, the last game at the bowling ground, Upton Park, what do you call it? What do you call it? Home. Right. The last game at your home is probably going to be against Manchester United, the 20 times champions of England. You're going to have a drink before it or after, or you're going to be selling. I'm going to be selling because I need to say goodbye to my. Yeah. I need to say goodbye to my people that have supported me over all the years. Yeah, I'm going to come to that. And um, yeah, it'd be good to see you. All of our regulars, West Ham's a great away game for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant to go there and just as a proper football ground, proper football people. I could um, could do it two ways, Andy. You know, it's a big. It's a massive thing for me to pack this up. And I know I've said it to you over the last 20 years, I said I'm going to pack up, but this year I am packing up. Gary's saying that he's quitting doing the West Ham fanzine. I don't want him to. I'm not convinced that he will because he's been saying it to me for years, but he thinks he oh, will. Really you really are. I don't think you should. We're not going to agree on it, but um, I admire you for selling today on some at Busby Way. And I think it's great that Manchester United fans know the fanzine culture and are still buying it. Um, what's going to happen today? 
I think that it's going to be a really tough game because the way you got your arsey spanked at Liverpool in the week. We're not talking about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you ain't going to talk. I will, though. But I mean, you know, it was an absolute shambles. Yeah. And uh, I don't think you're going to come out two games running and, and be as pathetic as that. So we're on a roll. You know, we took nine points in the last week. You know, we're flying at the moment. So you know, two teams when two worlds collide, boom. Let's see what happens. Thanks for your time. Well, Payet did have a good game. He scored a brilliant free kick and he was also involved in the most controversial moment of the game, a penalty, which Louis van Gaal thought should have been a penalty and Slaven Bilic didn't think should have been a penalty. Um, here's van Gaal, followed by Bilic, followed by some of the United We Stand sellers who are regulars on the podcast. OK, questions please. Louis, what's your assessment of the game and how pleased were you with your substitutions? Yes, I have to say that I've seen a great match between two good sides. The difference was that we have played a match on Thursday and they have a full week of preparation. And the first 15 minutes, I think West Ham was the better team. And they have created a few chances in, in that time, but after the first 15 minutes, we are coming back in the match. We created also chances, not the biggest chances, but we create chances. And in the second half, we were the better team. And they scored uh, out of a free kick. And we are in behind. And we have played against West Bromwich Albion this week lost and Liverpool lost and then you can come back like that I think it's amazing and fantastic spirit uh, in the team uh, and in spite of uh, uh, the very uh, nasty week nasty week in, uh, in a lot of aspects so uh, I'm very proud of my players and the fans were also very proud because uh, they were uh, enthusiastic and they applaud when the players are, were, were going off the pitch. I've seen a great match, entertaining match and uh, we are still in three competitions. So that uh, I said uh, to, to Luke Shaw and Wayne Rooney and, uh, and all the, Ashley Young, all the players, you can uh, still play the final. Should Payet been on the pitch to take that free kick? Yeah, but I have already said uh, after the match against Liverpool, we can discuss every decision of the referee, uh, but uh, I only can say that we are very unlucky this season with the decisions of the referee. That that I I, I find. Uh, but yeah, uh, the man has to decide within one second. That's more difficult than I uh, can do. I can see the video, I've seen the videos. So uh, that's also uh, after the match against Liverpool, when you see the two goals that Liverpool at, uh, at last scored. Yeah. It's a penalty. Is it a penalty? And the second goal is out of offside. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, the Gea saved a, a lot of uh, chances. Yes. But De Gea is a member of uh, the squad. It's also today. He, he, he saved us in the last minute. Yeah. 
decisions proceeding from referees, or do you feel there's a, a pattern there, uh, a consistent pattern against you? No, because you cannot uh, say that. I, I have said uh, you uh, a referee has to decide within a second, and I can see the video. That's much more different. So it's uh, that's why I'm in favor uh, of a forced referee with the video, because then you can see it uh, quietly. And I've said that already uh, 30 years back, and I have uh, made. Uh, uh, Exercises to 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 uh, for referees uh, in my uh, function as uh, head of the coaches federation. If it is not better, and it was better, but in our opinion, but the FIFA has to uh, install that. But they are coming now with new uh, rules. I think with the new uh, board. I hope so because it is so important to make the right decisions. How much of a difference did you think Bastian Schweinsteiger made when he came off the bench and the urgency injected into the team was getting the fans going as well and he just seemed to change the match when he came on? I think uh, he, he did it fantastically, but uh, of course uh, he played 50 minutes, 90 minutes is different, and, uh, and, uh, but I was very happy with him, and, and, but also with Matteo, uh, Matteo Damian, he has to play three minutes. And he has to come from the bench on the pitch because uh, I want to change uh, uh, another, uh, of I, I want to make another change. But at that time he has to uh, come, and he did it also good. So uh, I have uh, to give, or I have given uh, a lot of compliments to my to my players because it was showing a great spirit. Because when you are one zero in behind. Uh, 20 minutes to play and you are the better team at that uh, moment and you don't break after losing against West Bromwich, Albion and, and Liverpool yeah, then you show a, a great spirit okay, Last question Lily, I, heard, I heard what you said about the, the fans was it disappointing to hear the reaction when Blaine was sent? It was, was substituted, sorry Yeah, because I think uh, Fellaini played uh, uh, again uh, a good match he, he performed well in our uh, game plan, and, and uh, yeah, that was uh, disappointing. But that was uh, the, the only uh, moment that I was disappointed because they were supporting uh, our side in spite of two uh, losses in this week. Why, why do you think it happens if, if you, you think you played well? Yeah, uh, maybe they have another opinion as uh, as I. Okay, guys, thank you. Happy hunting ground for West Ham, but today perhaps a little bit um, disappointed. Only standing on the draw. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. Uh, first, uh, good evening. Uh, yeah, it is a bit to be fair. When uh, if you had walked in our dressing room after the game, it was kind of silent. Oh yeah. Uh, we are a little bit disappointed because of uh, we were there like a few minutes. Uh, and the time when we conceded the goal makes you a little bit 
down, but I told the guys in the other. And that's a good too, because it shows that we are, despite being totally on the ground, that we are confident and all that, and that we are moving in a good direction. Uh, on the other hand, uh, we are in a game. Uh, we played a really good game. And uh, we're going to play home. It's difficult to play here in front of 75,000 fans. They have a special kind of confidence and all that. It's going to be different at Upton Park. So uh, there is a little bit of disappointment, yeah. But uh, I got nothing to praise the players. But to praise the players, of course. So, uh, game one. Did you feel the slam that the equalising goal was a foul on the keeper? Well, I don't feel it. It was. I think uh, <laughs> I don't want to spoil the game with uh, talking about the referee and all that. And, and, and uh, I think overall he done a good job. It was those few decisions, few moments was very hard for him. But they, there have been a couple of situations in this game, crucial ones, that uh, went against us. And they were for me, it should have been a penalty on Dimitri Payet. Rojo slides, and you know, when you are sliding in your box from behind, from behind, ball is nowhere near you. You are taking a big gamble and a big risk. So there was definitely a contact, which means for me, clear penalty. The equalizer, again, I'm going to say it, uh, not blaming him at all. Ref, he was good, but it was, and it was hard to see, but it was obvious. Foul from Schweinsteiger on. Randy, because if Schweini didn't do that, Randy would definitely be on that ball. But it's, it's a foul. It's a foul. It's a foul. So uh, I'm also a little bit gutted for that. But again, I'm going to say that I, 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 uh, for uh, it was very. I needed a replay to see that, you know. So not okay, but okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we haven't lost. It's still three really back up to bar. Last time we were playing cup game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are not. So I'm not down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. But we are talking about the game that we. I mean, it's great that after one-one we are a little bit. Mm, we deserve to win the game. Uh, to be fair, we played really good. Uh, we played with confidence, with everything, blah blah blah. But. Uh, if you ask me what, what was missing in our game, it was after that amazing free kick, uh, we knew they were going to take more risks and they're going to open more, which going to put them in the situations to, to like have two or three um, crosses, one and then second one to get a second ball, but also it, it put us in a situation to break, to break. And I was expecting us to, to after one nil, to have, to create two or three clear-cut chances because they were there. Space was like open and everything and we have that kind of players. Maybe we lost a little bit of legs and all that or the last ball was missing. So that was missing to like score a second one and to, and to finish the game. But saying that, we should be positive and we are positive. We are playing home. I told you, nobody, no club in the world is 
is a favorite when the game is played at Ultra Fort, 75,000. They have different kind of a confidence when they play here. Uh, we had it tonight also, but we're going to have it even more Sorry. at home. Sorry. We've had half course, it was a dive on the part of playing, it should have been a second year and a half. Dive? Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> if you have a screen, show me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend that, uh, my point uh, at Cambridge, if needed. No dive, you can see clearly that it is, a, it is I'm gonna say contact, but there's more than a contact. So it's definitely not a dive. It's 100% it's not a dive. No, because it wasn't a dive. Maybe the referee thought that that touch is not not strong enough. <coughs> yeah, but uh, every every decision in the box, uh, it doesn't have to be penalty or dive. It can be also a bit of a grey zone. The player can lose a contact because of. Uh, that touch from behind, and especially when the touch comes from behind and you are running, you can't control, you are losing the balance. So the touch, I mean, nobody in the world can say that, that, that there wasn't a touch. You can see Paye Hill uh, changing the shape. So it was a touch for me. Then if it was a touch, it was more than a touch, then it's a penalty. When you are sliding in your own box you, from behind, you are, it, it was nasty. I'm not saying it's, it was nasty. But it was uh, mistimed, nowhere near the ball. So for me, penalty. It's a special thing as well. Sorry. Yeah, it's his. I mean, he's got it. He's got it. He, my assistants, they told me that he scored a similar one during the warming up. Uh, he scored in his blackboard in FA Cup. So this was like, uh, I mean, when he, I mean, he's got it. But when, when. Before he took it, I went to myself, it's a bit too far, the hair there. He knew it's going to be over the wall. So I go to myself, it's got to be special. It's got to be special to beat the guy from that, from that distance. And uh, make no mistake, it was a pure class of magic. Yeah. It was a perfect one. So we'll do a quick huddle for the Mondays out here. And then huddle? Yeah. Good. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Thank you. 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 Just finished selling uh, the new issue of, of United We Stand, which uh, we've been out since. Time we get out about half twelve, one o'clock, something like that. Um, always great to sell a mag when uh, we've got massive away following. So uh, I'm sure that might crop up in conversation. I'm surrounded by Ant Bloom, uh, Sam Bowers, uh, Stu Edwards, John Aston, and myself, Steve Armstrong. Um, John, how was it in terms of selling before? You know, what it's like when we get the old big away crowd. What a bunch of absolute bellends. <laughs> I'll be honest, the, the single most reason why I find it completely impossible to be remotely patriotic and the thought of them all celebrating in the summer when England win a few few games would be... No, they're not for me. Not for me, so I hope England get lovered in the summer. Yeah, Just the usual kind of stuff, don't you? Fuck off, you can't and all that kind of stuff. Usual. 
Easily the worst dressed I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, easy, easily. Flat caps. Oh, God. Shocking. Shocking, honestly. I don't even think it's addressing. Some of the haircuts are absolutely abysmal, aren't they? Absolutely <laughs> shocking. I mean, you'd be jealous of him, you believe me, wouldn't you? But, uh... Yeah, just a bunch of dicks. Think more bothered singing about how Tottenham aren't going to win the league than, you know, yeah. The way they were dressed, you thought it would have been Wembley today. Rocked up thinking they were going to fucking win a trophy today. Bunch of dickheads. The thing I noticed, which is a big positive of a huge FA Cup allocation, which means the normal, what, 3,100 ends up being 9,000. Yeah. It, it looked like they were all able to bring their tie bride with them. <laughs> <laughs> There was hundreds of them rocking up with these people who they clearly bought off the. They, they probably got. They bought the misses off the internet. They bought the caps off the internet. They bought their clothes off the internet. It was a the standout one. We, we mentioned it on the pub before. Did anyone see the guy in the onesie? We mentioned it on the pub before. Andy. Do you know what they were? Do you know what they were though? They were like, they were like so, so quintessentially Cockney. You couldn't believe it. It's the equivalent of Liverpool fans all turning up with a load of curly wigs and afros and going, calm down, calm down. Yeah. On Thursday, they're just so Cockney. It's unbelievable. A, a guy in his well into his sixties who had like a, a blind stick. I don't know how blind he was, but he actually walked up to the guy who was probably in his forties in the in the in the onesie and said, uh, "I thought I thought I was blind." And he actually said, "What time of night is it?" And he just took the piss out of him. It was a weird one because when we stopped up at Top Spot, there was like half of them were wearing jester that's coming down, and the other half thought they're out of Green Street. We actually got more grief off uh, me. Well, me and John, we got more grief off our own lot. Some uh, Irish lad came over to us and uh, calls a pair of lesbians. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we weren't selling free mags for a fiver. <laughs> they love that the Irish support. They, they like the, they like to bargain, don't they? Yeah, they like a bit of bargaining. Um, was, was yeah. and, anyway, well, I'm sorry, and your bracket got a bit of grief there. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, we um, none of none of us from when we were chatting before the game expected us to win that. So, um, is, have we ended up with the best end result in terms of not getting beat and the chance to uh, go and have a moody night out in London uh, midweek? Possibly, it's going to be hyped up again, isn't it? The last FA Cup game ever at Upton Park and all that bollocks that goes with it. But six thousand United down there, yeah, sh- should be should be good if nothing else. Make it go down and wreck the place. <laughs> Um, well, we could do that in May because we're going back like their last ever game. Yeah. We, we played them in the FA Cup a couple of years ago, didn't we? In the third round, no, it was it was it was a quite a moody trip, and, and I'm expecting it probably be more of the same down there. So yeah, I mean, you'd have wanted that initially as the, as you draw in the first round, wouldn't you? In the first place, wouldn't you? You know, yeah. you'd have wanted their away. Um, it, but in in terms of the result with our away form and how good West Ham usually are at home, I don't think um, I'd put them as favourites to go through. To be honest with you. They're a good side, aren't they? But we'll talk about them in a minute. Um, your thoughts on the result? Are you quite happy with it? Are you going to come with the replay? Yeah, well, I hope so, yeah. It's just work. That's the only thing, really. It's midweek, so yeah, we'll have to see. But yeah. I'll, I'll take that result looking at how, how we played, so... Yeah, same as Bloomy. It just depends on work, really. But I don't know when you saw the result before and Arsenal getting beat. Chelsea got beat yesterday. You just think the players would be up for it and they want to get through. And at times it was just turgid as fuck, weren't it, going forward? We weren't too bad at the back, apart from a couple of early lapses. But going forward, shocking. Thoughts on the game and then the performance? Because, mm. you know, we've all laid into United in, in <coughs> at various times on this podcast. Um, and. Um, I think we even had a good moan after beating Arsenal at Old Trafford, um, but you know, and deservedly so. But uh, you know, my, my general view on it was, I've seen us play worse than that this season and come away winning. So I don't know what you thought, Stu. Yeah, I thought collectively, as an as a starting eleven, regardless of where you think people should be playing, we did okay. And to be to be fair, the, the free kick, regardless of the free kick, they'd done nothing in the second half up until that point. You know, they, we we were on top, definitely not creating that much, but. Um, 
I think overall, like I said, the young lads again, Rashford did okay, uh, Rayleigh did okay. And, you know, I think we, we definitely deserved a draw out of the game overall, without a doubt. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I thought second half we played all right. I, was, I was think I was most pleased about the, we showed a bit of fight, especially when once we went 1-0 down. Um, and probably for the first time this season, he made a substitution that actually affected the game in a positive way when he, when he brought Schweinsteiger on. Um, yeah, I thought we played all right against an half decent side as well, and what you know they were kicking off obviously about the uh, the penalty incident that was never given as well. But from everything I've seen since, um, apparently it was a dive and Payet should have been a second yellow. Apparently, yeah, he should have been it should have been a second yellow and a dive, um, and then he goes and obviously it was a brilliant free kick. Um, so yeah, I mean, we didn't. I don't think we had the rub of the green, but yeah, showed a bit of character. And I can only brought Schweinsteiger on just to make sure there were some biscuits left in the dressing room. Blew me. I thought um, West Ham started well, but then we got a grip of that game, and you know, uh, very, very. We, we didn't seem particularly threatened. You, you were saying on the way up that you were a bit disappointed, then, which kind of says that you expected more from, as in, yeah. in a complimentary way, that they're good. Yeah, so I, I expected far more from them. I, I thought, like you said, we had more control of it. Overall, um, apart from that free kick, I don't think I can't remember him really having that much really. And yeah, that free header in the first half as well, but that was it really. Well, they had so. two free headers in the first yeah. half, and, and that was continuing. Um, Sam, what end mm. with the ground yet? Okay, Stan. So you must have had a really good view of the goal then. Mm. Oh yeah, well we were we're sort of on the corner flag, aren't we? So um, but you could tell as soon as it left his boot, it was it was Just close. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. right behind it, yeah, and it was genuinely one of them. You thought you thought when you saw where De Gea was stood, you thought if he gets this up and over the wall, he's got absolutely no chance. And he, he, hit, he hit the inside of the post. It, it was unbe- yeah, it was absolutely as well, weren't it? We weren't close. Yeah, yeah. It was unsavable, brilliant free kick. But yeah, the other free kicks he scored this season, they've all gone in that corner. Yeah. So I blame the hair. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think he's clearly finished at the club now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, God, God. I mean, without wanting to go too far back to the other night, imagine if he hadn't have had the game yet, we'd have got beat by about five. There, it'd have been murder. Um, I mean, you mentioned the point there, Doves, about um, you know the goal. Was it against the run and play? I don't think it was necessarily against the run and play, but we couldn't really grumble at the end of the day. Um, Classy teams, which West Ham are, and Billich has built a really good side there. They do have that ability to pull some out mm-hmm. from nowhere, like we, you know, we used to do years ago. But w- what was interesting was we didn't cave in for once, and we did have a go at him, and that was quite refreshing to see. Well, my, my, my physical in- as well, yeah, physical team. Of course, you know, yeah, yeah. My, my initial thought was as soon as it went to one 0 I thought, right, we're done. You, you looked at the bench and thought, who can change the game? There's nothing in there. We wasn't creating a lot ourselves, but we actually upped it in a way that you'd expect United to. We went a bit more gun goal. We took some more risks, um, created a few half chances. A few few moments where we perhaps should have done a little bit better you know um, Depay had a few moments where you're just thinking just put your foot through it um, but yeah I, I, I thought we thoroughly deserved at least an equaliser anyway that was frustrating with uh, Depay near the end as well like he he, ste- he ended up doing a fucking trick many, didn't, didn't he yeah, he, yeah. Just, he got into a position there on the side he thought there's, a, there's opportunities to actually hit it and see where it goes but he ended up doing a fucking trick it's just fucking hit it and see where it goes <laughs> I must admit though like, yeah, like you say the substitutions did sort of change the game but that shit's got to stop when, when Fellaini's getting subbed and all that fucking, that jeering it's, it's not on that yeah he's it's, it's not been great but You've got to get behind your players. You can't be fucking well, doing that. You know the United and United supports made an arse of itself twice now in two yeah. games for completely different reasons. And you know we our reputation is a lot stronger than that. So yeah, I'm completely with you on that one. But um, um, what do you reckon then from a second leg point of view? Um, going to be tough isn't it I think like like Dove said they're going to be clearly f- favourites and Matt misses forgetting that we've got Liverpool and City before we go down there so three 
massive games now in six days we've not got the squad to cope clearly they're at home tight little pitch we've been down before in the league <coughs> cup and been battered haven't we yeah, do you remember that yeah, it, yeah. so like, it's snowed not, as well if yeah. I remember that and it's going to be the last what the fuck's that <laughs> <laughs> Goose or something, just run across the car park. Yeah. We, um, we, uh, don't, we, listen, can you stop saying car park? All our listeners think we've got a posh studio. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a goose running around the studio. And it's a cut, and it's, a, yeah, it's, it's the last FA Cup game ever at Upton Park, isn't it? So that's going to be a, add to the uh, excitement. Yeah, it's going to be quite spicy that night, isn't it? Uh, it's always is like, that. Yeah, I mean, I'll, uh, as much as, I don't, as much as I've just slagged them all off, you, you, West Ham's a proper football club, isn't it? You know, um, it's a moody place to go. You got to keep your wits about you down there. But yeah, it should be a great night. Yeah, yeah. They um, and they, they won the World Cup, didn't they? So well, apparently so. Yeah. yeah. They don't mention it. Though. Yeah. They don't um, like to talk about. Right. So quickly, are we uh, are we happy with today or not? Yeah, I'm happy considering. Yeah. Yeah, Big improvement on last yeah. Thursday, so yeah, I suppose you've got to take it, haven't you? I'd prefer a guaranteed trip to Wembley in five weeks, but yeah, I suppose overall a draw was probably a fair result. Doves? Uh, performance was okay, result not great. Yeah. Have, uh, how long have we got left here? Andy swore me to 10 minutes, we're dead on 10, but he won't, <laughs> he won't mind me taking another minute. He can edit something out from before the game. Um, quick thoughts to Thursday night then. Um, just are we? Do you think we'll turn that round or not? Um, I, personally, I think that because we've got to attack, Liverpool will obviously get some chances. Um, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet, which means we've got to score four. And so, in other words, no. Um, <laughs> exactly the same. They, they, they're going to score. Simple as that. Which means we're not going to score four. I don't think we're going to go through, but I want to see a good performance, a bit of grit, a bit of fight. You know, like the United of old, really. Yeah, hopefully we just just. See what happens, but I, I can't see who's getting through. Yeah, I'm with Dubs actually. I, I, I see, see where it goes. See what I, 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 I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everyone else. I, I can't see. You know, if they do score, which I expect them to do, it means we've got to score four, and I can't see us scoring four in March, let alone in one evening. So. See, what I think from that sort of game is you've got to go off. You've got to start with a sort of tempo that they did the other night. You've got to try and get an early goal. What I, I think with Van Gaal though is, it, I think if it's nil nil, he'll be happy at half time. Yeah, and that's what worries me. That's what worries me a little bit. I think we've got to go go at them. All right, if they score early on, the tie's done. But but if we get an early goal, you, you've got a chance, haven't you? Indeed. Right, lads. Um, we're still in the uh, in the hat or the bag or the the basket or whatever it is they're doing it. Yeah. So uh, we get another we get another roll of the dice. Uh, it, it absolutely looks like what the draw is it? One show. Well, it does look like given that we we've got two goal deficit that none of us think will overcome. It does look like this is the last roll of the trophy dice, doesn't it? So um, I think uh, United have got through everything at that uh, that replay. Cup's there for winning, isn't it? I think if United can get through this side, because if you think about. Who's, who's still in it? What Everton? Who is it? Everton. Palace Watford. Yeah. So. If we win this, we could end up being third favourites now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, Jads uh, and uh, Sam, Stu, John. Cheers, uh, cheers for the chat, and uh, we'll be back on. Uh, well, we'll probably have to do something on Thursday night. So uh, get some of your best, uh, get some of your best lines and some of your best quotes ready for Thursday night, because I don't think we're going to have anything really positive to talk about. But uh, until then, cheers for listening.